Hello and welcome to The Good, The Bad and The Worst, a podcast where we watch movie trilogies and decide which movie is a little bit like an actor. Unless you've reviewed it, had intercourse with it, or done both simultaneously, we won't remember it. I'm your host, Griner, and joining me today... I'm Luke Morgan, and you do not reason with a tiger when your head is in its mouth! I'm Britain's finest director, or detective rather, and here's to not buggering it up. Nice. Once again, we are bringing you a trilogy that's not a trilogy. Luke, do you want to do you want to justify this one for us? This was your suggestion. Look, I don't know. I, I a couple of weeks <laughs> ago, I was just like, "What's what's some weird out there trilogies?" And much to my surprise, I hadn't heard of this at all as a trilogy, or didn't know that two of these films like existed in the same year, and there was so many. Like, it, it's just strange to me. It's super fascinating that in 2017, these three films about the same thing came out. You know, you hear the same speech almost three times um, in films. Um, and just the more I read about it, I was like, okay. And everyone online on Reddit threads was just saying like they're, they're good companion pieces and they go along with, well with each other. And I thought, why not? And I was desperate to get Griner's opinion and Conan's opinion on Dunkirk to discuss oh. another Christopher Nolan film <laughs> after the Oppenheimer hype. Got a shoehorn um, in here yeah. somewhere. <laughs> and I'd, I'd, I'd heard about Darkest Hour before and Gary Oldman's performance in that, so I, was, I thought, why not do something weird? That, that's fair. That's fair. I, Go ahead, Conan. Well, so I, I think we are scraping the bottom of the, We're reaching that point where we're kind of tired <laughs> of all the other trilogies and we're just wanting to do whatever we want now. All, which... all, all the trilogies that are left are garbage, so let's yeah. just And we won't make be it up as any new on. ones anytime soon. So. No, that's true, too. No. Yeah, which I mean, the equalizer is the next one, but I don't think you guys are going to be able to see that, which is which is weird to me. But oh, a quick note: it is actually coming to our small cinema. Oh, it is. Oh, Denzel then in two weeks. Yeah, so maybe we can do that for the next podcast. Yeah, our cinema well, that didn't get Oppenheimer for three weeks until after Barbie. But um, and just I just Conan being who he is as a, a film connoisseur, I just wanted his opinion on this. These has three films and now. They compare and as a, as a companion films and stuff like that. I just wanted to dig into his mind a bit, you know. No, so we should talk. We should mention the names of these movies. Yes. Apology. Yes. There's Dunkirk, there's Dunkirk Darkest Hour, and Their Finest. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention. Why do you guys think these came out in this year? Like, because these are all about World War Two, but this is the anniversary of World War One. Mm. Like, why do you think? I don't know. Do you guys have a theory on this? I, I couldn't really figure it out because my only thought initially was, oh, well, it's, you know, Americans don't care about World War One, but these are all British property. So I really, I, you know, that threw that out the window. Mm, I mean, I, I don't think World War One is a, it's not as an entertaining war as World War Two. So World yeah. War, World War One, the the bad guys are a little more nebulous. There's not there's not the great Nazi threat, right? Um, the, you know, the reason for it starting and it's, it's all very complicated. It's all very political and mm. it, it doesn't necessarily make for great cinema. Like it doesn't make for a fun story where there's a, there's a really obvious bad guy to, to cheer against. Um, yeah. And then like also World War One was just, I mean, they were both horrible, right? But I don't know. There's something about World War One and just the, the, the nature of trench warfare and it's just just being men running, at running to their deaths, 
Whereas, you know, World War Two, we have planes and we have, you know, we have technology to some extent. There's a there's a reason, like, Battlefield 1 was, like, one of the first games, like, we're doing a World War One game. And it just yeah. was not as entertaining as yeah. all the World War Two games, you know? Yeah. She got a lot more interesting. <laughs> like that, so. I was, yeah, much prefer the sequel. Yeah, there is something to that I want. Yeah, it's just not as... It's a bit more visceral, a bit more boring. See, that's interesting. I don't have a wait, good. I don't have a good. Ex- the third one. <laughs> wait, you see the first one. I don't have a good ex- explanation for why uh, why three Dunkirk movies came out in the same year. Yeah, Luke, do you have any ideas, theories? No, and like, um, I'm just gonna do one little bit of research because there was even a fourth movie that people when, said. When was World War? No, <laughs> but it there was, there was a few other movies around that. Like, there's been lots of World War Two movies in the last sort of ten years. Um, yeah, but it's just it was very strange. And like, I um, because a lot of people were saying like that one of the other trilogies is that they were saying King's Speech ties in with this yeah. as well. Like, it's yeah. you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. that was 2010. But yeah. um, yeah, like uh, I don't know. All within a calendar year, it's just it's a really yeah. You know, but is that not? It feels like that in the video game world, like we'll get a lot of similar games because something was popular. But what what was popular to make people, you know, a couple of years before two thousand seventeen, decide like, oh, yeah, okay, Dunkirk, let's do Dunkirk. I've yeah. never heard of Dunkirk before Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. So this is what I mean. Like, but, it's it's like it was a it was a very well known, like kind of one of the not defining, but one of the defining moments of the war. But yeah, it hadn't been cinematic, and I had. I agree. It wasn't like a big sort of outside of the interest in history. It wasn't a big thing. Mm. And I feel like Dunkirk really was the one that blew like, you know, Nolan's name carries weight mm. and it came out. And then, But these movies couldn't have just been made in response to that because like you say, they all came out no. within, within 12 That's months a, of each if other. they came out two years after Dunkirk, it makes sense. But yeah. Like this does happen in movies though where there's similar scripts floating around and... You know, yeah. it comes out that Nolan's making Dunkirk, and it's like, well, the, the you know, another studio is like, well, we can capitalize on this. There's, the, we've got this script for the Darkest Hour. Let's let's get this up and running. Let's jump on that. And and they have, they make them come out at the same time. I, I think their finest is doesn't fit that category very much. It seems it seems lower no. budget, more indie, it, I guess, in some ways. It's it's part of a. I don't. I don't it's I don't have an actual name for it. I call it like the um. I had a, like a, a gentle English wave films. Like every year there's like two or three small low budget British films that have the same 10 English actors in it, like Bill yeah. Nighy and Jim Broadbent <laughs> and all these beloved English like mainstays. Like there was um the bookshop came out a few years before this. There's one called like the Potato Peel and Literary Guernsey Society or something that has Lily James in it as well. Yeah. She was in Darkest Hour. Hope Gap. Like every cup, every year there's like two or three small British films that are just quiet like Life of the British Isles is a thing, isn't it? And yeah. like this is what this is one of those it's based off this like old British classic British book. Yeah. And so it definitely feels like in that vein. It's just like we need you know, like the BBC has ten movies they need to make a year. They're like, what do we do? Uh this this hasn't been adapted yet. We need to spend the last ten million dollars of our budget. Let's make this, this yeah, movie. Yeah. That we've got like, the what do we what do we make? That'll be fine. So yeah. it does feel a bit different to it. And you know, Dunk uh, Darkest Hour being a like a biopic is you know, those are kind of like every every year or two. There's a there's a big biopic with an actor trying to prove his chops. But yeah, just I wonder what was in the zeitgeist to be like to make everyone say, yeah, this is why. Maybe it's just the World War One anniversary has got everyone thinking of war. But I don't know. It just seems weird that 
World War One is so because we get 1917 a couple of years after this. Yeah, but that's mm. yeah, like it. It takes two years after these Dunkirk films to finally go. Here's a big World War One movie. And part of it probably is like you say, Griner. It's just not as entertaining. It's just it's very strange to me that yeah, everyone seems to be at this time like reflecting on it. I do. I do wonder if Dunkirk was one of those untold one one of those untapped veins of entertainment, like like yeah. of story. Because I like like you say, Luke, it's not something I had heard of really before these movies came out. And it is like it's a I don't know watching these movies like it's a real it's a real interesting tale of the courage of the you know the common man in a lot of ways. You know these people stepping up and and taking their little boats across the channel to to rescue these soldiers is it's a it's a wild story. I'm glad it's like had this treatment, obviously, and it's it's well known now. But I, yeah, it's it's interesting to to look at it as like these three movies. Only one of them actually looks at Dunkirk properly, and this probably goes to support that. Like the only other movie I can think of that's shown Dunkirk is there's a movie called Atonement came back in came out in '07, and it has like a really like it's fairly well like well adored like 15 minute tracking shot through Dunkirk, so it's like a recreation. It's really really like really well done. Um, but it's just one set piece and it's it's not the point of the movie. It's just and that's the mm-hmm. only time I'd ever heard of it or seen it before then. Like and I wonder yeah. if it's one of the it's kind of felt felt unfilmable and then of course Nolan comes along and says I can film anything, even black holes. And so he tries to film Dunkirk. And he yeah, he'd like Yeah, and to his credit, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I wonder if that is it. They're like, Okay, we can film it now, and everyone's like, Well, what else have we got about Dunkirk? And but yeah, it's it's interesting that none of the other movies are Dunkirk are actually about Dunkirk. They're about the adjacent events yeah. and like situations. Yeah. And like, uh, just like touch on, Grano mentioned it earlier and I think it's probably the most true point to it is that I'm sure it was out, you know, years prior that Christopher Nolan's making a Dunkirk film, you know, like mm. I'm sure that generates buzz in Hollywood and screenwriters and all, or whatever to try and, yeah, oh, you can tell that. he would have been going around every studio like, "Guess what I'm doing, everybody? I'm making a Dunkirk film." <laughs> no one I'm piss off. The unfilmable. <laughs> it was like, no one, no one cares, mate. And he's just, he's that guy. Like, tell me when you do something on Oppenheimer, and he's like, oh, <laughs> he's like, oh, that's it, that's it. <laughs> I want a story about time, but it's backwards. Yeah. All right. <laughs> People just need to stop challenging him. Yeah, he's just a petulant child. Uh, now, what 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 uh, what order are we doing these movies in, Luke? I, I went with Dunkirk, Darkest Hour, Their Finest. I don't know if that's the oh, traditional. So order, I went. But... I went Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Their Finest. Same. That's 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 the All official. Right. No. <laughs> but it, it makes a lot of sense. Maybe you should pause the Darkest Hour at like the hour and a half mark. Watch Dunkirk and then come back to the Darkest Hour. That's probably the true. Chronological yeah, that's, order, that's but <laughs> and then wait about six months and then watch their finest. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Now yep. we're in Blitzen territory. Yep. So yeah, we'll start with Darkest Hour. All right. Well, let's get the stats out of the way. Stats, 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 stats. Darkest Hour had a budget of thirty million dollars, made one hundred and fifty million dollars worldwide. Dunkirk, a hundred million dollar budget, made five hundred and twenty-seven million dollars. Which, yeah. like, that's a a good good return i think i don't know i i feel like these war movies don't ever do it as big as what i expect no they've got like a, a loyal a loyal yeah. specific fan base but they're also mostly boomers who are happy to watch it at home on tv yeah it's yeah. not much of a teeny bopper <laughs> 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 I want to go 
No, 16-year-olds don't care too much about World War Two. Yeah. Uh, and then their finest, a £10 million budget. That's all I could find. <laughs> and made, made $12 million. So, but look, how many not, pounds did it make? <laughs> I don't know. Can some, someone can do the maths, please. I, I think that's I a loss. Yeah, IMDB let yeah. me down here and it's got numbers from all, all walks of life. How many, how many rubles did it make, do you know? Yeah, billions. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Critical yeah. critical reception. Darkest Hour, 75 on Metacritic. Dunkirk, 94 on Metacritic. And Their Finest, 76 on Metacritic. Pretty so, bad. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're all highly rated films for sure. Yeah, that's high score. That's Dunkirk's awesome. 90. Yeah, Dunkirk yeah. always gets me with 94. I'm like, this was, this was an, an awards darling. Yep. You know what? I didn't get the... Uh, Synopsis is, is, is ready. All right, dark, darkest hour <laughs> is about you only need darkest hour. It's about Gary Oldman showing us his acting chops once again in nineteen four in May nineteen forty. The fate of World War Two hangs on Winston Churchill, who must decide whether to negotiate with Adolf Hitler or fight on knowing that it could mean the end of the British Empire. That's big stakes. That's big stakes. <laughs> Could be the biggest stakes in British history, maybe. Yes. Yeah, possibly. I mean, global history, like, you know, it's the great question. What would have happened if the Nazis won the war? It's every, every single right. alternate history explores that question. Basically. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> what, what an actor and like what just like a character, uh, character actor, all this sort of stuff, you know, like you can see that he goes into this role and just puts it all in there. Stannis, my boy Stannis, showing up. <laughs> I was so pumped. I was like, oh, I haven't yes. seen Stannis since Game of Thrones days. He's the actor that I was like, wow, I need, I need to. I need to watch more British movies because I'm, obviously <laughs> he's all over the place. In you know, I'm he's sure he's a darling in there. His name's Stephen Delane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I say every any English production will have about eighty percent of the Game of Thrones cast in it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. generally, yeah, they'll just be in every single English movie, which is cool. It's it's. This is like Australian films. Every, yeah. There's about 30 actors and they're just in everything and it's cool. Um, but yeah, look, um, they're... Yep. What, what were your thoughts on Gary Oldman's performance? First, I'm just in, intrigued. He's, un, he's unrecognisable to me in this movie. Like if, if I didn't know it was him, I wouldn't know it was him. Yeah. Like, yep. Yeah. Which I mean, it's impressive. It's, it's an interesting... I mean, he's... Everybody knows he he's one of those actors, right, who just gets right into the role, is happy to put on the big suit and not look like himself at all, yeah. Um, yeah. take on that whole other persona. Um, you got to yeah. love him for it, for sure. Yeah, he's one of, like, he's one of the handful of... He's kind of like the, a handful of the old guard, like him and Daniel Day-Lewis are the two that come to mind, and I kind of put them in... I put them in the same vein where they're... Yeah, they're just that they, they give 110% to everything... They they truly become unrecognizable. They just take on any or the difference is that Gary Oldman will kind of take on any role. He'll just be like, I like that, and he'll take on you know he'll work on he'll work as Commissioner Gordon. He'll work in just weird little things. Under the know. apes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he doesn't work. He's not too like. I think what I like the most about him is that he's not like oh I'm only going to do the best Oscar winning performances. He'll just be like no this is cool and I'll I will give you the best performance you've ever seen in your small sci fi movie if if I'm yeah. interested. Yeah. And yeah, he's just he's like a true actor in the um in like the most like in the most direct way. He just 
it's it's pretty astounding what he can do in this. And like the makeup does a lot, and the I don't know how much if he gained all the weight. I assume there's a fat suit. There's probably has mm. to be for a man his age. Um, but it's impressive the amount of prosthetics to then still act and like have it be convincing and not be like, that's, oh, yeah. this looks really weird, you yeah. know? That's, like, that's exactly it. To, to learn how to carry that and to learn how to like function as a person with that. It's not, you know, like I say, it's not just I'm wearing a fat suit and walking. It's like, no, no, that's, that is part of you. You've inhabited that. And like, that's, yeah, he's, it was kind of a given when this movie was coming out that he would be, that he would win. Everyone was like, this will be his Oscar performance. And I never saw this initially because I just mm. didn't really, wasn't interested. But watching, I'm like, yeah, there is no wonder he won. Like, Head and shoulders above, yeah, yeah, shoulder above everyone else. Um, for kudos. And like this performance, the whole thing is like two hours of just following him. He is yeah, he anchors this and like that's a big responsibility. And um there's never a like never a false beat, never a never a moment where it's where you get tired. It's just like, yeah, this guy is so charismatic. And it, it it's the perfect choice for someone like Winston Churchill, who is such a sort of Enig- not enigmatic, such a sort of, I don't know, like mythological figure. He's, on one hand, he's very divisive. He's got a lot of people who really, because he's he's got a lot of blood on his hands in terms of yeah. what he did during the war. But at the same time, he is almost undeniably a hero as well. And it's this, he's a very fascinating character where he, as we see in this, right, he essentially was like, no, we are not going to sort of negotiate a surrender to Nazi Germany. And that resulted in many years of bloody fighting, but also allowed the war to not be won by the Nazis. And like he's in yeah. really he is like a titan of history. And having Gary Oldman play him is like the perfect choice. It's like it it captures his sort of that yeah, that mythology and like just that that animal magnetism. He like becomes this character. Like like Griner said, unrecognizable sort of thing. As I'm watching it, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm watching Winston Churchill. It's like this, yeah, this seems like an old man that is this character. Like he walks around like this and it's just like, oh, I not I know people like that, but it's like I can see that person as that, you know, I yeah. can see that character. Um, all the mannerisms, the voice, everything. It's just like um, at the start, took me by surprise a little, just like when he's in the bed and the voice and all that gave, I was mm. like, oh, this... I don't know. I was like, this gives me Mike Myers vibes. Like, I was like, yeah, it feels like a Mike Myers <laughs> character in Austin Powers. Um, but I don't. Obviously, I don't know Winston Churchill. I don't know what his eccentries or anything were before this film, really. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was I was in a similar boat at the start, and then they go on to talk about how like he can really kind of talk his way out of a paper bag, right? Like he's a great orator. And it's like, yeah. oh, this guy sounds so strange. But then like he, by the end of the movie, you're like, oh, shit, he can give a speech, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I love uh, that line um, that Stennis says. He's like, oh, he mobilized the English language and like yeah. sent it to war. Like he's just like, yeah, he just did a good speech and <laughs> just convinced everyone like, you know, to go into war or whatever and follow, follow him. But yeah. Yeah. I think that's the big thing that makes this, they kind of made this trilogy in my mind, right? Is that this, like, they all explore aspects of Dunkirk. So this movie explores the power of words. And, like, I wasn't expecting it going to, I was expecting it just a fairly standard biopic. Mm. And just like, oh, here is his life during the war. But it's like, it's one month and it is a very small, it's like, it's a chamber piece essentially. It's just him moving around like small locations talking. And it's just about the words. And it's about the power that language can do and how you can essentially rally a whole country. 
you know, Dunkirk is obviously about Dunkirk itself and the power of will. And then they're, we'll talk about well, then their finest is about the power of cinema, which mm-hmm. I'm all about. Like, mm-hmm. it's a cool way. It's like, yeah, this is three three pivotal elements. It's kind of like the wine of World War Two. You know, it's different aspects. It's not about the characters as much as it's about the themes. Yeah, and if it can be related to the wire, I'm happy with. <laughs> yeah. Um, he- he- like, did you guys enjoy this film overall? Yeah, I did. Yeah, overall. Like, yeah. I, hmm, I don't, I don't, I don't really have anything bad to say about it. I guess it's um. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even say call it slow or anything like that. Like I, I was worried about it. This one probably the most of the three being a little bit dull, a little bit dry. But yeah, uh, he's yeah, he's just this. He's a very charismatic character. He's very fun to watch. Um, comes out with some great lines too. Like, would you stop interrupting me while I'm interrupting you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, That's the thing. Yeah. I, I felt like there was a part there near the start where I was like, oh. I don't know how this is going to go. I wonder, like, yeah. this, this is going to be a bit of a drag. And eventually it just becomes, I felt like an acting, like, force that I was watching. I was just like, oh, no, I'm really enjoying watching these people yell at each other. <laughs> like, it's like, mm. they're just, re- like, it's a really good acting in this film and it's just fun to watch sort of thing. Um, it's and because, just yeah. This stuff, but, yeah. Like, biopics have this te- have a tendency to have a problem of just being, kind of boring, dry recounts of facts. But this one's like, this movie is really well shot. It's really well staged. It really like, it kind of, the way they frame it, the way it's lit, there are so many scenes of Churchill just draped in darkness. Mm. There's a lot of scenes of just like him at an office. Yeah, it's just just him at a desk with a light and nothing else. Mm. Or him going up an elevator, it's just him. And then it's like, you kind of feel this, this like fantastical element of it. It's not just dry, like, oh, here's him meeting his wife and talking to her. It's like, no, no, this is kind of this, this is a conversation between him and President Roosevelt. And you can kind of literally like it closes in and you can see the darkness kind of surrounding him. It's like, this guy is the one light essentially. Yeah. Now, you know, you can, you can pick that apart and say, oh, that's a, that's a romantic, romanticization, romantic. I don't know what that word is. That's a romantic view of him and World War II, but it creates such a more compelling story. Yeah. And that's kind of the problem with biopics. They often have, they're often really dry stories and they're not made, they're not told if well. But this is a really, like by having a, a single period that is very tense and has natural drama leading up to Dunkirk, it actually ta- like it taps into it and tells the story really well. It's like, yeah, this is, this does feel tense and kind of like oh, you're invested in it because it's just, it's well done. It's well staged. It's well framed. It's, yeah, it's really competently made. Like, yeah. Yeah. And he's he's such a fun character to follow along with. Like he he feels mm. like a real underdog, and like yeah, you, like you say, like the darkness really is closing in around him. Mm. Roosevelt doesn't want it. Like can't help him. He's yeah. like his allies are yeah, trying, every- out to out to get him. Like he's just got nothing going for him a lot of the time. That's the thing. I would have I would have loved to read a bit of history before this because from the get go he's like there's that line he gives where he's um. He's like this isn't a reward; it's punishment or something. He's like they they've given it to me because the ship's sinking. Yeah. Mm. And it's again, I don't know how much of it is like embellished or not, but it seems like he kind of got this role. He was a bit disgraced, but he just kind of get yeah, everyone is trying to get him, trying to ask him, and trying to like turn on him. It's like man, it's it takes something. It's like it, love him or hate him. It takes someone very admirable to just be like, I'm gonna do the right thing here, or I'm gonna yeah. try to fight for what's right, even though literally everyone seems to be against me. Um, and then Ben Mendelsohn comes around. He's on his side, the king. I'm yeah. just like, I'm, uh, 
I'm so happy to see Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> yeah. Give that man every award. Um. Oh, what was I going to say, Conan? It's it's funny. I just had a quick look at the director when you were talking about how this film has done and everything. So he, right. did, he did Lock. Yep, yep. With oh, right. which, you know, with um, oh, what's his name? Uh, he didn't. No, he didn't do Lock. Oh, it's listed in his thing, but apparently Atonement as well. Yeah, he did Atonement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, yeah, Dunkirk's in his DNA, man. Yeah. Um. I've lost my train of thought. Sorry. All right. No, it's it was fun seeing him interact with his family too. Like you do, you only get those small glimpses into his family life. But like his wife is so eccentric. Yeah, his so kids yeah. are like, I, they're kind of like you've just you've given up everything just to do this. Like we were such an afterthought your whole life. Like yeah, it's, but it's, we understand. Like he's then. such a polarizing character in a lot of ways. Like he's not he's not a perfect father by any means. He's he's a big dude. He smokes constantly. It's like he's constantly <laughs> chasing. The shots like, like and like the king like trying to arrange meetings with him. He's like, oh, I have a nap at that time. Sorry, it's just like, <laughs> oh man, what a guy, what a man. Yeah, he wants a yeah. drink at breakfast, and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the shots of his breakfast getting made is just like bacon and eggs just in grease. It's like, yeah. this guy is going to die. The war's not going to kill him. The heart attacks are. Yeah. But he's going to die hero and happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the scenes with his family were really interesting because there's that part that's got, he's got four, like three or four kids. And it's mm. like one one daughter seems to really be affectionate and to like him. And there's a few shots where you see the other two kind of glancing at each other. It's like, I think, you kind of get the vibe that they really don't like him. Yeah. And there is this sense of like family is, yeah, family is kind of, it's it's just an afterthought and they know that and he knows that. And and then there's a, it's made even all the worse because there's that great line he says where he's like, my father was like God busy elsewhere. And yeah, it's like. It's a great line. Such you know, it's like, line. it's really, like, it's really good. It's really poetic. And yeah, that like, that, that line of trauma and how, yeah. you know, the, the sins of the father are repeated by the sins of the son and. He kind of knows that, but he can't change it because he's also, he is who he is, but also he's like, he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. And what mm. do you do in that situation, right? Do you, I don't like, if you are, if you truly believe you're the only person who could do something this momentous, do you be like, sorry, guys, I can't let, it's, you know, it's a timeless, it's a timeless uh, trope, it's a timeless idea. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, the weight of genius. And um, it's it's really compelling. It's really sad. But yeah. That- that was the thing. Starting watching this film, my main thought at the start where I was just like, oh, I wish I knew more about history. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was just like, uh, I was like, I, I feel like I'm supposed to know who he is and like what he's done. Look, or more so, I wish I knew, you know, like, yeah. Um, I don't feel like I miss anything by not knowing, but I'm like, oh, I wish I knew more about who Winston Churchill was in real, uh, you know, before this film and what yeah. he'd done and everything like that. I felt like I was Googling it as I was watching the film sort of thing. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, but I, but at the same point, I felt like this was the kind of movie I didn't have to, I didn't have to look up that info, right? I didn't have to be like, yeah. okay, what's what's this example they're referencing? What's this event they're talking about? There was no sense of like, he did X and Y. It's like, okay, now I need to know about that specific political yeah. choice. It's kind of like it's a really lean take on that. It's like, no, no, this is this is just the the important bits. This is just the. Mm the dramatized conversations that are going to change the tide of the world. And even though we know exactly how this ends, we know that, spoiler alert, you know, World War II, they didn't negotiate with Hitler. You still just feel so like, it just invests you in it. You feel the weight of that so much. 
It probably helps that it is just like that month period. We don't, you know, we don't start off with him as a boy on the English countryside and follow him <laughs> yes. all through high school and all like, no, like we don't no, need any of that. I this is the like interesting that. part yeah. of his life. We get the, the little glimpses into how he was raised and his relationship with his family and that's good and I like those little bits, but that's enough. Yeah. Because yeah. do you guys like biopics generally or biopics? No. Although yeah. I, between this one and Oppenheimer, like maybe I should watch more biopics. <laughs> it's, um, your new, it's your new niche. Maybe. I don't seek them out, um, yeah. but definitely I usually try and watch them when they're nominated for Best Picture or anything like that, or if it's a you know someone I'm interested in or anything like that. But, um, yeah. yeah, two – oh, I was about to say two bangers this year, but this didn't come out this year at Oppenheimer. Did. No. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but I'm Oppenheimer... surprised you hadn't watched this, Conan. Yeah, like – I'm like, I always, at Oscar season, I'm always like, yeah, I'll watch all the films and I'll do this. And I never do. I just, yeah. I always, I always miss them. Um, I mean, this didn't have a huge run here. Like it played at a few cinemas for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it really yeah. didn't do it. I meant to, you know, it's, yeah, it's just one of those things I never have the time or mm. thing. And, but yeah, I don't, I genuinely don't care for biopics. I find them, because usually they're quite, I find them quite dry. Usually they are yeah. just like, he, here is a story of someone's life. And it's like, I could have Wikipedia this. I don't yeah. get any. I don't get anything from you just from you just like visualizing, like say him as a boy playing. It's like the ones that are good are ones like Oppenheimer that are like they sort of tap into natural drama and they make a thriller out of it or things like I don't know the Fablemans was another one I was thinking of. It's not actually it's not technically one, but it is a story of Spielberg. And it's like it's by making it a story, it's much more compelling and you actually learn more than it would be if it's just like here is him doing this now and here is him going here like. I feel like the main thing behind biopics and the thing that I'm watching for in what, you know, they're usually known for is it's like, okay, like you said earlier, let's give what actor's going to have their turn to yeah. have a go in this and flex their chops, you know, and be the, take on this whole character. And usually a biopic is around, oh, wow, yeah, you should yeah. see this person as, yeah. you know, as Abe Lincoln, you know. or um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Lincoln's a great example. Like, yeah. That was just like watch the best performance of the year, and it's like that was that was the marketing around that movie. Even it was like this is just the best performance. I'm like yeah, yeah. There's a space for that, but unless I'm super interested in the period or something, I yeah I find them boring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah. Um, you, in your quick research, did you guys find out that 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 famous speech that we hear? Three, I think I think we hear it in every single movie. Like, Basically. wasn't transmitted on the airwaves live, wasn't recorded originally. He re-recorded it later, like six years later or something like that. And that's the <laughs> recording we get today. Like, oh, not really? even the original. <laughs> yeah, like it's interesting. Like he went and re-recorded a whole bunch of his speeches for posterity, oh. and that's that one is one of them. And that's what we hear. That's what we hear in all these movies is a recording from several years later. See now, that's at least that's in the really one they read from the paper. Which I was like, oh, look, he's reading Churchill's quote from the paper. Yeah, yeah. Because I was waiting to hear it, but yeah. That's interesting, right? Because I think that taps into my big issue with them is that they biopics are generally lauded as fact. They're generally like, this is the true story of this real person. Here's their life. But they're not. It's the same with documentaries. Like, they're never actually factual. They're, yeah. they're someone's story's interpretation of it. Yeah. And so to hear that, where it's like this famous speech that he gave was actually not the speech there at all. So what we have is... Could be could be different for all, you know. It could like you know he's probably made it nicer. It's probably he's probably tweaked some things, and he's he strikes me as the kind of guy who'd be like, 
I'm going to make this the Could best this speech better, for history. Yeah. yeah, and he'd be like, history will remember me as the best, not as how it was. I mean, I think the original is like a matter of public record and everything being in Parliament yeah. and everything like mm. that. But we just don't have the recording of when, when he spoke it. Just when he said it originally, yeah. it was a lot more frail. And then he's like, Could no, have been. I should do this really. <laughs> Could have been a lot more scared, yeah. Lean yeah. into it a bit more. <laughs> um, just it could be my lack of knowledge around history or whatever, but I just found it like super fascinating that there were like these genuine talks that they were pushing for. Like, no, we should make a deal with Hitler. You know, like mm. let Hitler rule this this place as long as he leaves us our independence. It was like, yeah, I was in there. I was like, what? I was like, how is this like a thing that was almost agreed upon? You know, it's just like it's crazy looking back. It's like, yeah. Who it's knows? interesting, but, yeah. but I, I'm always reminded by like history is written by the victors, right? Like how many yeah. countries signed a peace treaty and we don't hear about how, you know, their independence was squashed out and all this stuff. Like they just were assimilated into the, the country that, that took over them throughout history. And yeah. like I, yeah. in, the modern, in the modern age, sure, we have, you know, we get to hear from people on the ground um, in a way that we didn't, we've never had in, in history. But um, yeah, yeah, it, it's, I don't know, it's definitely written by the victors. Yeah, it's never. Yeah, it's um. I mean, like you just look at things like Operation Paperclip after World War Two. It's just like Nazi scientists are brought over, and you know they they put Americans on the moon. It's like that's pretty. That's pretty hardcore when you really think about it. Like mm. just how quickly there was like okay, this because that's the we we like to imagine war is a very clear like this is right and wrong. But what it often is is just like you know it's pragmatic. It's how do we survive this? And that often be like okay, well we'll make a deal with this. With this make with this maniac, and we'll uh, make sure that we're okay, and he might kill the rest of the world. But let's be practical here. And it's like, yeah, that's yeah. that's how that's how wars are fought. Their practicality. It's only in retrospect that you get this kind of like, oh, we were the good guys, they were the bad guys, and what we might have done was heroic. Mm. Yeah. But then we, but then yeah, we we rub out the uh, rub out the parts where we entertain the idea of supporting them, and you know, yeah. <laughs> make ourselves look great. Yeah. Exactly. The um the, the the constant references to like the failure of Gallipoli I found really interesting as an as an Australian because yeah. I mean that's such a pivotal moment in Australian history. It's a real moment of like Australian and New Zealand um, identity in a lot of ways and the Anzacs mm-hmm. fighting there. But it's never like you never hear that it was a failure, right? Um, no. But yet here's this other perspective of like you know it wasn't as clean cut i guess as we hear and not that we i don't think we necessarily hear it as like this great victory but as as australians really putting in the work i guess is where the kind of the stance australia puts on it but it was just yeah. interesting to see that that view of it and then looking into it a little bit further and like oh yeah it was like a really you know there's not not a great consensus who won that battle or whether no. it was of any, of any value it's it's fascinating i didn't actually i yeah i i know about it quickly, but i didn't know it was did churchill organize that was that the i he was the one Actually, that, yeah, that he was the one that just decided that they should attack I should do that. on that beach and that they should try and take that area. Yeah, yeah, right. He was wrong. He was responsible. Wow, what a monster! It's just yeah, I don't know. As an Australian, like we hear so much about Gallipoli as like our yeah. great one of our great moments in history. And I like not to take anything away from it either, and the people who served, but just to hear this other perspective, I thought was really interesting. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely same. All right, we're going to move on. Let's move on. Let's go from Dunkirk to Dunkirk. (laughs) Um, Dunkirk, 2017. Allied soldiers from Belgium, the British Commonwealth Commonwealth and Empire, and France are surrounded by German army and evacuated during a fierce battle in World War II. Grana, notorious. Yes. 
Look, I, I was nearly going to write a prepared statement. In the past, I have made, I have made statements about disliking this movie, saying this movie is bad. I would like to take back any of those statements I said. Oh. This is this is a fantastic movie. Yeah. I have my reasons for why I didn't like it before, but they don't stand up under this viewing experience. You know, I said to my <laughs> wife as we watched Dunkirk the other night, I was like, I was like, I'm just really fascinated that Griner seems to like it, and I was like, because Griner's got good taste. And I was like. And when I watched it again at the end of the movie, I was like, I just feel like Griner's going to come in and be like, you know what? I don't know what kind of headspace I was in, but I liked it this time. I was like, I just have a feeling that he's going to like it. Look, let let me briefly explain myself. The first time I saw this movie was at like a family barbecue or something like that. Like there was kids running around. Um, it was kind of on in the background. And what this movie does really, really well is it's like, 70 minutes of like building tension and just building and building and building. And then there's this glorious release and you don't get that when you're catching moments of it, talking to someone else halfway through, like not really listening. It's kind of a dull movie to half watch. Yeah, like yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I would have made comparisons to a movie like fury, a movie with a fair bit of action, mm. um, that yeah. I kind of like I watched in similar circumstances and enjoyed, but, um, yeah, like this. This is not an action movie by any means. It's, but it's that just amazing tension. building of tension that Nolan does better than anyone, I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then that that release, that moment where everybody, where so many people get rescued. I was in tears. It was great. I really <laughs> yeah. enjoyed it. I had a great time. That's the thing. This movie is an experience, right? It's mm. not even. It's. I remember when I saw it the first time, and then again now, I'm like, it's almost not even a movie. It's it's an experience. It's something you go and you live through like you yeah. you participate yeah. in dunkirk like because there is no story there is no character really and like that that is a criticism that can be leveled to this movie and we might interrogate that but more than like what it does is it puts you in that it's like this is the experience of it i remember i dis- my brother disagreed with me on one of these points where he didn't like this much he's like oh because there's no character or story i'm like that's literally the point it's like this is how you experience the war because experiencing one soldier's heroic battle does not capture the the ninety nine percent of soldiers who had a horrible time and died. Yeah, it's like no, no. This is just this just gets you in. And like you see little spits here. You see this guy. You see this guy. You see that guy. You see this and that. You see all as- aspects, all elements. You just see these tiny little victories. Just trying to get to the end. Like, That's the thing. To. And so <laughs> unheroically, like it's yeah. just people yeah. literally taking shoes off dead people and being like. This is a victory because I have shoes now. Yeah. And then just these awful little moments of like, this is what the war was kind of like. It was guys who were like 18 years old, had no idea what they're doing, just in this absolutely like, like heart stopping traumatic event for just for days. Just like, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm probably going to get blown up any minute. Like, yeah. And yeah, by not having a story and not having character, you kind of get so much more invested in that because you were just like, I'm here on the beach with them. I'm just hanging out with these guys and I'm feeling the horror and I'm feeling the release at the end. And it's like that. It's it's like, masterful. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know, the movie starts like there's the flyers that are falling from the ground. And they grow and it's like, you know, we surround you. It's like the most yeah. ominous like propaganda. They're like, we're coming. Like we're at your door. And it's like yeah. the guys there with like six other soldiers. And then all of a sudden, there's a gunshot. Mm. They all get wiped out. He's like the only one left. He only just gets over that fence and, you know, they're still shooting at him. Yep. And from the, that gunshot sound, it's basically like, okay, oh, now the tension's building. And it just keeps building. Yeah, until, just never, like, never and like up. even the music, I feel like it's just constantly looming in the background. It's this like ominous, like something like, a, you know, you compare it to Oppenheimer, like the, the sound of the train. Like it's this like mm. something 
constantly approaching um mm. and there isn't like the release until the end basically um because it's literally like so there's good. literally a, like a ticking clock in the chin like there is a yeah. stopwatch ticking the whole time and so you are yeah. just you are counting down with them yeah it's yeah like Hans Zimmer gets a lot of shit and a lot of that from me yeah. and like he is <laughs> he's he's heavy-handed at the best of times but it's just in these experiences this, well, yeah, this like it feels like one of his most understated soundtracks, and it does. It works yeah. really, really well. That's exactly right. Like it's it's not overly like, but yeah, it's not like music. It's just sound effects, and it's like mm. it really does. It, when it's experiential, it adds to it so much, and like it's it's a great it's a great sort of um synchrony of these guys of Nolan's kind of tension, and then Zimmer's like Zimmer's tension with music as well. Being like, how do we create this? And they just firing yep. on all cylinders it's so good that opening scene is amazing like yeah i've watched that a couple of times where it's just this beautiful like it's raining and it's like raining flies and it's just kind of nice and then yeah it's just yeah. there's no but that's what i love so much about it is it's as if like they all duck like basically the first shot is them like sort of getting back up after crashing after like something has happened like there's like an explosion or something but you never you don't hear the explosion you don't see the you just see the flyers falling down and they're like grabbing it but they've just yeah. reacted to something that's big but it's like you're just joining in the middle of this thing like they're mm. they're shitty weak like you're just <laughs> joining in the middle of it and then following this one dude just trying to get to the the finish line the whole time like yeah whatever yeah. means necessary um and that, that shot on the beach when he's just like laying there like covering his ears and just you just see Everyone in the background getting like blown, yeah. blown up, yeah. you know, and it just stops right before him, and the sand just all lands on him like really it's hard. It's like, oh, such a ah, oh, such a great shot. It's awesome. Yeah, it's so well done. But um, something that's so cool, like like you mentioned with that, is you never. I don't know if you guys thought about it, but you never actually see the enemy in this movie. You never see a German. You no. see you see planes, and you see boats, and you see like a U boat outline, but you never see a German soldier. You never see. Just the at face the end, of the when they like surround him at the Spitfire, that's about the only moment yeah. we see. And, yeah, and, and even that is a distance, like yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a silhouette. It's just like a, um, yeah. it's a shape of an enemy. It's such a fascinating choice. It's like a war movie where you don't see the enemy, and they're kind of not, they're not fighting the enemy. They're fighting, like it feels like they are fighting, just like this, the environment. They're fighting the world. They are fighting oh, yeah. this, yeah. this like indescribable like force of nature. It um. Which sort of captures the the feeling, right? Of like we are we're surrounded. We have no exit. We I don't know how we're going to get out of this. We're just kind of waiting here. Like yeah. there is yeah, there's no enemy to really battle. It's like we just got to battle out the, yeah. the human will to survive. It's such good. It's so good. Yeah, there's like there's nothing a single man on that beach could have done, right? Like they mm. they couldn't all pick up their guns and fight. Like it's there's just nothing. They just there's no way to rolling run with away. Whatever punches like, oh, come you know, to them. Stop this war! I'm fleeing. Like there's no, yeah. none yeah. of that. It's like you can't swim. I'm not going to put this guy on a stretcher and try and get on this medical boat. Like, yeah, I'm just going to make a choice and go with it because I've got to get out of here. But, yeah, yeah, not thinking any of it. Just like, and yeah. like, they, like yeah, they get on the boat and the boat sinks, and it's like, oh god, this is just all, yeah, there's just no let up. There's no yeah. peace. Yeah. What did Even you guys like, think? Um, of- I just like you know the, the small touch of like him jumping in the water before climbing out, so he doesn't look like you know. Someone was trying to desert. He looks like he was on the boat that was that sunk as mm. well. Um, and it's yeah. like that constant thing of them two having each other's backs and trying to survive. And like, but there's obviously there's no communication. They're not talking because yeah, like doesn't talk English and doesn't want to reveal you know that he's French or whatever. But yeah, yeah, and it's just it's so it's so fascinating that like 
that scene in the boat near the end with them, like where they're just being shot at and it's just like mm. just random shots. Like there's three shots over like four minutes, you know, before they start really shooting at it. And it's just, there's so much tension. And then he's like, no, it, then he's not even like he's the enemy. He's just like, no, he's not us. Like yeah. we're on his team, but we're not, we're, not, we're not on the same side sort of thing. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah. Speaking of that point of like, of war being unheroic and, you know, a lot more sort of murky than we realize. It's something that you don't see a lot. Like you see in these movies, like everyone is one team. It's like we are the good guys versus the bad guys and we're all allies here and we'll, we'll save our brothers no matter what race or creed. And it's like, no, that's – there would there was definitely moments of that. But yeah. I, I think from my limited knowledge, it was a lot more like, no, no, we are fighting A for ourselves, B for literally like the closest thing to ourselves. And so you see that like they get he gets in a line, it's like this is the brigadiers only. And it's like yeah. – they're literally all British. It's like, no, no, this isn't you. Like, piss off. And yeah. then the French are trying to get on. They're like, no, this is just English. It's like, we're all English. in the same boat. But, you know, you kind of got this thing you have to prioritize. And yeah, it's just such, it's kind of, it It cuts to the mythos of war. Where it's like, we are not all these, like, noble heroes. Like, no, no, these were kids trying to live. And yeah, they were willing to be like, and they were like, you're French? Well, no, I'm not going to, you can go die because I am going to go. You die instead yeah. of you. Because we're English boats going to England and like I know yeah. we fought side by side, but nah, you have no place here. It's like it's it's really gross, but it's really true as well. Like Yeah. And yeah, that's kind of what heroism is though. Heroism isn't these brought these grandiose acts. It's like it's tiny little moments in the worst situations. And like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't undo the heroism of the event by showing them like at these by showing sort of the the darkest parts of it. It kind of makes it it almost makes it more heroic when they do sort of achieve things or when they leader like when he helps his the French guy he just keeps defending him and he's like I've got a he doesn't even know who he is necessarily but he's like I've just he's yeah. my friend. It's like that's a real heroic moment. He has no reason to. It's just he's a stranger he found on the beach and it's like that day, now. like it's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've gone through shit together. They've yeah. trying to survive together for a couple of hours. But yeah. The the using the three timelines I think is just so genius. Like what is it like a, a week a an day hour, and an hour, or whatever it is, yeah. like, and cutting between them, like having having them all build that tension to the same moment works so well. Yeah, um, just just such a good choice. It, I don't know, it blew me away. Like, this is this is Nolan's like obsessions when they're when they're executed properly, like his yeah. obsessions with time, his obsession yeah. with non-linear storytelling, yeah. his obsession with like tension and feeling. This is like the perfect sort of thing. And this is why I'm like, this isn't my favorite. This isn't his my favorite of his films, but it's like, is it his best movie? There's a good mm, chance it is argument. because, because it is so competently made. And it's like, it's all of his strengths yep. done really well. Where he's like, yeah, he's not just doing it for, for wank or pretense. It's like, no, no, there is a purpose to every choice. And they tell him, they tell the story he wants to tell. And that's the thing. You feel like this sort of movie would feel long, but it's only an hour and 40 or hour and yeah. 45. And it's it like tight. flies by. It, like yeah. I literally felt like I was on the edge of my seat. And then I, when I got off it, I was like, oh, okay, it's over. Like yeah. it was, it's like a ride. You, you nailed it perfectly earlier, Conan, when you said it's like an experience. It's like, okay, mm. here we go. The Dunkirk experience. Let's yeah. experience this for an hour and 40 minutes. I, I want to live through that, that cool moment in time. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> and um, Tom Hardy, like I, it's fascinating. Like yeah, having a big actor in this role where he's, Mask is covered, you know, his, his face is covered, the whole thing, basically. Some people wouldn't even know it's him, really. He doesn't yeah. say much, and but it's just like, it's still a great performance. Like, he barely says it. Like, it's not like he's acting his ass off, 
It's just it's just awesome to watch though. Is there anyone else who could do this though? Like Tom Hardy is the master of acting with his eyes. Yeah. Like think of it like the movies he's in, like he, as Bane, he's really good yeah. as just like Mad he's Max. got a, yeah. yeah, he just lo- he loves putting things over his face. Like it's just I don't know if he's ashamed or if he's challenging himself, but he's he's the perfect person for it. And I think Nolan knows that as well. Like the way he just kind of you can you can look at his eyes moving and he's like, This guy, I, I know what he's thinking, I know what he's doing, like it's yeah. so effective. Oh, and like Venom, yeah. No, he's he's great. <laughs> um, he's too big to be a Spitfighter pilot, right? Like he's a big dude. I, I don't know. No, he's, he's, he's short. Pretty, he's, he's pretty short. Is yeah, he? He's okay. Stopping. I yeah, guess I just always see him as like Bane, out. like this big hulking dude. That's right. That's he could I mean, stop the war one. Bane's voice coming through the the ship would have been better the whole time. Water guns. I think, I think every every movie he's been in dubbed in the Bane voice is better. Mm. Yeah, no, we, we don't have that yet. And then we get the the third, you know, group the 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 what is it? The dad, the son, and their Young trainee pa- sailor Barry or Keegan. whatever he is. Yeah, but yeah, the weird little Irish boy. Yeah, and they pick up Cillian Murphy. Yeah, who then kills kills, <laughs> oh, kills yeah. him? Oh my god! It's rough. It's rough. It's brutal. It really is. Mm. And, and then. Yeah. Where he like asks if he's okay again, and he's yeah. just like he's like yeah, and it's like oh, god, I feel so bad for him. He's like yeah. traumatized and shell shocked, and yeah, I think the, the trauma of this generation of men, like it must have had profound effects on. I mean, it probably still has effects oh. on us today, right? Like, well, yeah, yeah it, it, our it parents does. and that's what I was to say. It warped our parents, I think, to a yeah. pretty clear extent, and then thus they've warped us. So it... yeah. It's, it's like we joke about trauma and we take, you know, everyone uses that word trauma now to kind of just go up with anything. And it's like, I know you forget that true trauma, like living through these things does warp you as a person. And we just hmm. like, you know, the, yeah, the price they doesn't go home and just go about their life. Yes. Yeah. The, the price you pay doesn't end when the war's over. It's like, no, they carry that to the grave. And yeah. Yeah. I, again, like it's that to what I was saying about the heroism. It's like, it was probably pretty unheroic being there in the environment, but Going to that environment in the first place is like, yeah, you, you took one for the team, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Sure, you warped, you know, yeah, everyone suffered for that and we're all warped, but it'd be pretty shit doing that stuff. Mm. And like, yeah, the whole, that little boat story is like, again, a perfect choice of having that element, right? Like having Mark Rylance there as the, as the dad. He's great. He's great. He's, he's like, like yeah, Oscar winner, Mark Rylance. What a legend. Yeah. Like having him there just, um, yeah, he's really he's perfect as like he's kind of the he's got a line he says where he's like men my men my age just like define this war or decide this war. Yeah. And it's like you can tell he sort of knows what a mess it is, but he's like, we've just got to do this. And he's lost a son in who was a like a flyer pilot, and but he still wants to commit to the cause. Like it's yeah, this quiet heroism. Yeah, um yeah. but yeah, and then it shows this human cost where our beloved little Barry gets killed by by no for no reason. Like he mm. dies for absolutely not even in the war, really. It's like this is this is awful, yeah. but yeah, that's just that's the price of it. Will will this forever be um, like the only good Harry Styles performance? <laughs> I was like, did you guys like Harry Styles in this? I think he's fine. He wasn't distracting. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's the thing. I was I remember watching this. I mean, like. Oh, okay, he can act. Like, not like, oh, he was a great actor in it, but obviously mm. with Christopher Nolan and the direction in that, 
it wasn't mm. distracting. It was believable, and I, I I enjoy his scenes with those other two characters. Um, yeah, I yeah. I, I found yeah, I, don't know, I found him distracting this time around. I just I don't know. Like and he's, he's tarnished. <laughs> like he's he's fine. He is like he is fine in this. It's not like oh what a bad performance, but it's like no, I don't know because he gets a lot. He gets a lot of the dialogue with yeah. them, like probably almost all the dialogue with that group. Yeah, and it's just a bit like he's. I don't know. If I was watching, I was like, he's definitely not an actor, which I don't really know why he's the one who. Like, I don't know why we why he's in that role, right? It's. I was gonna say, like, why was he? I don't understand why he was cast in this film. Yeah, neither do I. I don't. I think he was trying to pursue an acting career because he obviously went on to do um, "Don't Worry, Darling," which was amazing. Last year. Yeah. yeah, apparently he's quite bad in that. So I don't yeah. think he's good. But yeah, I don't know why Nolan was like, "We'll give you this." Like. Yeah. Even having him as in like the main role, like Fion, Fion Whitehead, sort of the main soldier, because he doesn't say a whole lot. Like even having him in that role might have made more sense, but mm. yeah, I don't know because he gives him like the talkiest part out of them all. It's weird. And he gets that moment at the end too, where he's like, you know, he couldn't even look me in the eyes, and like he's he's really ashamed that they've had to retreat, and then yeah. he gets handed that beer through the window, and I'm like tearing up, like oh, I don't know that, movie, <laughs> that moment, that moment, and the moment where you just see all the boats returning, I was just like, oh, this is, this movie's making me cry. Like yeah. I felt a real sense of British pride. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm no Brit. Good on your voice. I'm part of the Commonwealth. I'm here with you. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. They're like. They wanted to save like thirty thousand. They save like yeah. two hundred thousand or something. It's like holy 300, Moses, yeah. three hundred. Yeah. They saved three hundred and forty. That's insanity. In like, yeah, it's pretty amazing yeah. what you can do when you put your mind to it. Yeah, and, I, I, and every thing. single boat in Britain. Yeah, but that's the thing. I really like that. You know, they they do feel like failures because obviously you don't just experience you don't experience that and come out thinking yes, like I'm a hero. You know, like. Yeah. They've, He's just done some nice shit. He left that dude to die, you know, kind of not made that guy die, but he, you know, was pushing him to die. He was ready to yeah. sacrifice him and all that sort of stuff. And that's going to stay with him forever. He'll become an alcoholic, you know, and yeah. all this sort of stuff. But to come back and feel that shame and everything and, yeah, to have that moment with the guys, like, trying to get his attention because he's, like, you know, not a celebrity, but they it's appreciated, you know, almost. Yeah. like, And they, yeah. it's like... The people will take the country won't and the economy won't, but like the people will take care of you and remember what yeah. you did. But yeah, yeah, it's an it's a really nice moment at the end. Yeah, just I want, the dog fight scenes. Like we talked about, Tom Hardy's really good, but just like the the choreography. I don't like it. They're just it's really a flash. It's but no. it's like it's tense. Yeah. It's just like it's, it's it's really entertaining. It's really um yeah, it's really tense. It's really engaging. Like. It's cool that it's not flashy. It's just like these are rickety old planes and you get one good shot and it's like they're down. And yeah. yeah. Just kind of like they're, they're gentlemanly, navig- like they're gentlemanly banter to it. It's like, I've got him. I'm yeah. on his tail. And they're just like, they're proper gents and they're just like killing, killing Nazis in the air. It's great. It's, it's, it's not very Top Gun Maverick, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Nobody's got a call sign goose in, these, in this, this timeline, right? No. Um, but that's the thing. I love like the tension of the the pilot that does go down um, mm. and just him being stuck in that as well. It's like, oh, God. Oh, like yes. It's when everything's building up tension-wise as well. And it's just like, yeah. oh, God, what's going to happen? But yeah. I, I, And I really like the aspect of him just like marking the fuel down. I don't know why. It's just really so like good. that. It's, him just it's... like checking it and checking the time and like calculating it and being like, okay. Because like you learn so much about his character from that, right? You're like, this guy is a, is like a 
true Top Gun. He knows what to do. He's like, all right, I'll keep manual checking my fuel this way. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I'm flying and doing it with chalk. It's like, it's one of those, like, that shows so much about this character, about this world of fighter piloting then, like, how everything was just, like, held together with, you know, tape and bolts. Like, yeah, it was really makeshift. Like, the the cockpits just don't open. Yeah. Things yeah. just go wrong constantly. It's like, yeah, we just make do and we hope we don't die. We're in death traps, like death boxes. Yeah, yeah, just... like, they shouldn't be flying, let alone getting shot at. But, but it's got those great Mercedes engines in it, right? Like, we can yeah. hear them from a while off. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, Mike Rylance is so good at this. He's yeah, like, I, li- I really like that moment of the father. Like, it almost felt like he's, you know, he still had some trauma from World War One too. Like, yeah, he's just yeah. like he's really the old guard. It's yeah, it was yeah. fascinating. He's possibly yeah. the best performance in this movie. Mm. Like, yeah, no, he's really good. So um, good. The last thing of like, you know, when the plane's coming down and Tom Hardy flies back again and takes it yeah. down while he's just floating with no fuel That's and it's right. just like yeah. oh my Coasting. god he came back what a what a baller this is <laughs> what like, a legends i love yeah i love his final scene where he's on the beach and he burns it down yeah yeah it's like it's just really beautifully shot and you're like he's probably gonna get tortured for a long time yeah that's uh that's rough going but he's gonna have a good time yeah no but it's like you know this is this is heroism it's like this is what the, these are these moments in the war it's like he could it's he sacrifice yeah he does that the fire rises why didn't why didn't he bail out and like hang out with Kenneth Brenner and I, that's what I couldn't understand. Because yeah. he didn't want the enemy to get the plane. Yeah, but just dive it into the ocean or something. Then he yeah I don't know he's, a, he's no, just a badass. There were boats he's, he's all down there. There were civilian boats everywhere down there. He yeah, he he right, he'd take them right. out. Yeah, all right. He's actually got to go into the prison camp and like Wolfenstein it. He's going to kill him from the inside. The prison camp is giant, this giant pit that he has to crawl out of after he breaks <laughs> what his back. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got to go back, back to Britain and tear down Gotham once and for yeah. all. Yeah, Batman's running wild. Um, yeah, no, I. It's so funny. I've watched this film maybe three times now. The first time I watched it, didn't necessarily love it. I was, I, I kind of maybe not, not what you experienced. I'm pretty sure I watched mm. it in the cinema. But I kind of had a thing of like, oh, like it wasn't Tom Hardy wasn't much of a character, like or like I was just hmm. I had this thing. I don't know weird viewpoint where I wasn't didn't appreciate it for what it was. Um, and I honestly feel like this most recent watch was the most enjoyable watch of it I've had, where I was just it was tense and I was like along on the ride sort of thing. I knew it was a great film, but this was the first time I actually really felt that and enjoyed it. And was just like, oh my god, like this is this is. An amazing film. Like I really, really yeah. enjoyed this watch. Um, and yeah, it's just I said to Alicia, she fell asleep, she, but she wasn't <laughs> she wasn't paying attention to it. She'd already seen it before. But I said to her, I was just like, I was like, man, it's just tension. I was like, this whole film is just tension, just building, building, yeah. building. They they finally when they get on that boat, you know, and it's like, oh, oh no, he's he's stayed outside in case this you know this sinks or whatever. He's got an easy way out. And for him yeah. to go back and open that door, it's just like tense. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. So good. Yeah. Beautifully done. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think I had a similar thing. Like, this is the second time I saw it, and I enjoyed it more this time. Like, I don't know. I missed it at the movies the first time. I don't know why. And I think I saw it just, yeah, didn't appreciate it as much. I was like, yeah, it was good. But similar, yeah, similar story. Hmm. But, yeah. um, it definitely stands a test of time. Like, it's, yeah, easily, easily been Nolan's top three. 
Yeah, I think I, I think I agree. Which going from really disliking this movie surprised <laughs> me a little bit, but I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely indifferent. So you need to what you need to you need to watch this movie. How about that? Yeah, it's, it's a hard movie yeah. to watch on your phone. That's again. There's no. There's no like standalone set pieces or like here's the battle of that place. It's like there's no, not even any dialogue to follow along with while you're no. not watching, right? Like it's just yep. it's all happening there on screen, and you got to pay attention. All characters. Yeah. It's not like you can go, oh, that character, and say them the character's name. It's like I don't no, know any of their names. That's the, yeah, I don't know any of the people in this film. <laughs> like Harry yeah, apparently Styles, the dude. main the main character's name is Tommy. Apparently, I'm like I don't think they ever say that, but. No. I mean, yeah. and thank goodness, because Nolan would have given them some weird-ass names if he had the opportunity, right? <laughs> well, yeah. It's what it, uh, Tom Hardy is Farrier. Tom Hardy is Farrier. I'm like, it's, it's, just, it's just tricky to say. Yeah. But, yeah. All right, shall we move on to our final final film of this odd, odd trilogy? Their yeah. Finest. Trilogy, though. Come on. Yeah, no. Look, I don't have any. I don't have any problem with it. Their finest, a former secretary, newly appointed as a scriptwriter for propaganda films, joins the cast and crew of a major production while the blitz rages around them. Definitely a change of tone compared to yeah. these other two movies. It definitely yeah. also stood out to me as being the least interested in being historically accurate. I guess, like obviously, you know, the, the setting is World War Two. The setting is telling the story of Dunkirk, but. Yeah, I wouldn't call it like super accurate in a lot of other ways. Yeah, not, not in a way that other movies were kind of slaves to it in to some extent. Anyway, it does kind of fit with the 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 premise, though. I guess like yes. we're te- we're telling the story of it. We're telling the myth of Dunkirk, and you know, here, there's a part where um, you know, homebrand Nicholas Holt. What's his name? That's Sam- not, I oh can't think God, of isn't it Nicholas Sam- Holt. Too. Oh no, my God. yeah, uh. Sam Claflin. Which is rude. He's a good actor, but I'm just like, yeah, hold yeah, on. Like, that's, is that, that's, that's, Finnick, yeah. Oh, that's what he's, yeah. I'm like, Finnick, he's got to be yeah. Nicholas Holt, right? Nicholas Holt's like abandoned twin or something. Yeah. But uh, he's got that line where he's like, you know, never let, it's that old one, never get the history get in the way of a good story. He gives that whole spiel at one point. It's like, that's, yeah. Like the yeah. Dunkirk myth, in the same way that the Darkest Hour myth and all this stuff is more important yeah. than what actually happened because that keeps people fighting, that keeps people invested and caring about it. And like, but you're right. The, the tone shift was weird. I keep I kept forgetting watching that that we're in the Blitz, and which is a weird thing to say because it's like this was a pretty horrible time in Britain's history. Yeah, and they're just like going about their business. It's like an you know there's like a nice little tune and she's running to work and there's like there's a blown up building there. Yeah, and then they'll have I'm a moment where see like, someone die right now. Yeah, yeah, and then there are moments where that happens. She's like, oh, yeah. this building got blown up. Anywho, best get to work. I'm like, is that what it was like? Was everyone really that like? Because. Like, my grandma was sent away from England because of the Blitz. And so I'm like, I feel like there would have been a heavier weight to it than that. But I don't know. Like, maybe it was, maybe everyone was just, you know, keep calm and soldier on. That's and Like, I definitely think there was a, uh, the the view that we get in 2023 anyway is that people were very stoic and yeah, kept calm mm. and carried on and, and did, did what had to be done yeah. to keep, keep the war machine churning. It is, it's. Yeah, it was very jarring to see, like, on the tram, she's going to work. It's like, oh, tram line's blown out. you got to walk. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. We're just all, we're just cool with this. Like, I guess, yeah, what else do you do, really? Uh, I mean, it does, I think it does a good job time. of showing that, that you know, that kind of strange juxtaposition between those two views. Yeah. It's true. Interesting. I, I, I like that scene, like, of the bombing with the mannequins. 
And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, God. she's like, she's like, all the bodies are just sort of, it's just all mannequins. She's like, oh, God, thank God. I could have been traumatized. <laughs> oh, wait, there we go. There's the trauma. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think of Gemma, Gemma Arson or home brand Lily James? <laughs> hey, now. Hey, now. <laughs> no, I like Gemma Arson's good as well. Her career has just been terrible, though. It has been. It has been. Like, she is better than what she's done. So I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But I don't know. What do you guys think of her? I found, I don't know what a Welsh accent sounds like. So maybe her accent is spot on, but I found it really distracting. Um, I, I don't know. I like a girl oh. with an accent. I don't know what to say. It was, a, I don't know. I kept thinking about Fable and I was like, when you meet some Fable <laughs> characters talking, they've got that. Oh, it was really jarring. I, I didn't notice it, but I don't know the actress. So I didn't. I was just like, so I, I mostly I know her from from that episode of um, Black Mirror. That she's no, that's in, that's not even her. That's not it even is her, her, isn't it? No, do you she's... mean no? That's Bryce Dallas Howard. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that episode. Is it... oh, is I'm talking one? about a good episode of Black Mirror. Oh, oh, sorry. Which one's that? She's in season two. It's so funny because me and Alicia had this whole conversation about Nicholas Holt as well. We were both convinced <laughs> it was him. Even on the post, I was like, "Oh, Nicholas Holt's in this. Cool. I like Nicholas Holt." And I was like, "Wait a minute. That's not him." And you're like, oh, psych. Oh, am I wrong? I'm telling Alicia you. Was even no. Alicia was I'm even so... convinced, though, that the, the lady in this was the lady from the first movie, Darkest Hour, the typewriter. And look, Lily James. That's what I'm saying. She's home yeah. for yes. Lily James. That's what she said. And I was like, <laughs> no, it's I'm not. Saying. I was like, no, it's not. And she's like, yes, it is. And I was like, I was like, babe, these movies came out the same year. She wouldn't have done two Dunkirk no films in the same year. And she Googled it and there was like photos of them together and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. I was like, what? Well, yeah. Her, okay. Yeah. And- Gemma and Bryce Dallas Howard are very similar. Like Bryce Dallas Howard's in Black Mirror. I know who Bryce Dallas Howard is. I don't know if you do. I'm thinking of Hayley Atwell. Apologies. Hayley Atwell. Oh, yeah. Peggy Carter. Who also has like oh, yeah. had no has had a pretty average career, I feel like. Yeah. After. Apologies. Watch, yeah, I am Strange, dumb. Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, oh that classic. Real, thriving. <laughs> thriving. This movie, um, yeah. Okay. This movie was weird. Um I'm not I'm not a I enjoyed big, it though. I enjoyed it. I yeah I did I don't not as much as I was hoping. Especially yeah. the Metascore is seventy six. Yeah, yeah. I, th- like, I I had hoped it would have a little some more teeth I guess to it was my yeah opinion. yeah yeah and it it because it's like I said it's like this easy English easy English mm. movies like it's a very despite its subject matter it's very light very slight it feels kind of like I don't know. It, Especially towards the end, I felt like where I was a bit more like, yeah. I was like, I feel like this movie dragged on more than the other two. Yes, um, yeah. I kept being like, okay, this should be wrapping up now. And then I was like, oh my God, there's an hour left. I was like, it's only yeah. an hour and 50. How is this possible? I was like, I feel like I've come to the resolution. What is going on? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just, it, yeah, it felt, yeah. A lot lighter and a lot more. I thought it was going to go really heavily into like a oh propaganda, you know, like yeah. how much hmm. people turn this stuff and like corporations or the military or government or any, anything make propaganda to try and trick civilians into believing hmm. like the war's good and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, they kind of like say halfway through, it's kind of like that story gets resolved and it becomes a love story. Yes. Yeah. And I was trying to think, like, because I wasn't tracking that. I was like, okay, yeah, this is just going to be like a professionals learning to sacrifice their integrity for the good of the war yeah. or something. But yeah. then, yeah, halfway through, it's like, okay, wait, these guys are falling off. I'm like, okay, it's. And then as soon as that clicked, I was like, I know exactly how this is going to end. 
And it, sure enough, like it's fairly beat for beat from then. Like, I was a bit surprised for the thing to fall on him. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the thing. That to be the out, I was like, that's yeah. Come on, guys! Like, you've got you've literally got the blitz raging on, and yeah. you, you like you pick this. I get I get that it's trying to like it's trying to be a twist. Yeah, but I'm like, just rarely the film set crushes you. Like, yeah, did you like? I don't know. The, I felt the movie was like going in a direction of like you know women you know picking up the slack at home oh, and oh. like there's that there's that really good line of like a lot of men are scared we won't go back into our boxes when all of this is over and it makes them belligerent yeah, yeah. and like yes. oh yeah like this 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 could be interesting let's go down this path yeah. um and then it kind of just trips over itself and becomes a love story love which story. kind of i feel like undermines that message in some ways it, yeah and then get, yeah yeah it doesn't really re- doesn't it just has this yeah it just resolves itself by killing off the love interest and being done with it i don't know and i guess it's like she kind of again the power of cinema is what saves her because she realizes that she's yeah. got to go on still and she re- she makes the right choice for the scripts and she's kind of like i'm a success she becomes like a professional and so she does yeah become yeah she's not put back into a box but yeah you're right that kind of takes second place to the love story and i'm like it's kind of like they put it that into i haven't read the book so i don't know if that's how it is but it's like you yeah it's that awkward thing of like there's a love story really inserted in the last last hour like this is the priority to make sure you're invested i don't know if i needed that i honestly think i would have i would have preferred i think like a just them being professionals maybe a bit flirty or something yeah, but it was just, almost like, why can't they just have a platonic relationship? Like, yeah. That might be more interesting than what we get here, right? I just, like, learn to res- he learns to respect Him her. Him coming to he- terms with that, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. that, that is what the first half is building towards. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, it, it's a weird thing. It feels really and disjointed. That's the thing. It goes kind of just like the generic route because, like, the second that, mm. that you feel like they're, they're going to kiss, like, there's that really, there's the chemistry there between them. I was like, yeah. oh. I was like, she's going to go home and her partner's cheating on her. I was just like, I just know it. They're just going to be like, no, yeah. he's an asshole. So yeah, you beat, can like, go down with this guy. But Beat yeah. for beat, it's like, oh, yeah, it kind of, it, I don't know. Which yeah. I'm bummed out about. I really was, I was hoping for a bit more. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's some, I don't know, I I did enjoy like the comedy. There's some pretty good moments. The scene where um they're like, they're trying to film, they're trying to film the scene of rescuing the dog. And they're like, yeah. all right, I'm going to click when there's a gunshot. And he's like, oh, can you click over there? Because I want to be reacting in this direction. And then, like, the American guy's, like, just yeah. really hamming it up. <laughs> oh my God, and it's, it's just so like, bad. oh, this is really good. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. The reaction this. of just like, oh, no. Why? Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. guy's, this guy can't act for shit. He's, I like when he comes into it. He's like a he's a good ingredient. Yeah. And, yeah. like, Bill Nye kind of takes him under his wing and he's like, I don't know. He, he, he throws it all into chaos. He's really cool. Like, that act is yeah. really funny. The guy from the later seasons, yeah, yeah. The later seasons of The Office. He's, oh, that's um, where I know him yeah. from. Yeah. No, Pete, is it Pete or whatever his name is? Yeah, yeah, Pete sounds right. That's like okay, but I know him from White Lotus because he's great yes. yeah, in yeah, season yeah. one of White Lotus. And um, yes. but when I was watching White Lotus, I was like, where do I know this dude from? Yeah, The Office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so there's yeah, that, yeah. that other good line. Americans are too dumb to get British cinema, and that like that's when they're like, "Oh, we have to, we have to, you know, put a love story in this because they can't handle it being unresolved." And then they but go they and do, do the it. same thing in this action movie. Is it that's a the other thing that annoyed me. I don't so know. Yeah, I, I think I don't know if it's like as meta as it knows, or if it's. I don't know. Were they being it's... messed with? Were they being like, oh, we need to insert an American into this movie? I don't yeah, know. we need to resolve this love interest because we can't leave it unresolved. Yeah. 
that's a, yeah, it's it's it doesn't it doesn't go meta enough to be like, okay, you guys know this. It's but it's it's hinting at it. I really don't know. I don't know how the English yeah. It feels very ham fisted, unless we're too oh, we're we're dumb Australians and we're too we don't get yeah. British cinema. Maybe that's well, what this is this is what I was thinking. I'm like, do British because I don't really I don't know, this 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 genre of gentle British movies I don't participate in at all. They are mm. very much for older people. Like you ever go to the movies when they're running here? It's like it's it's retirees at ten thirty in the morning seeing these, and that's fine. That's like good that there's a space, there's a a people group and they're getting service. But I'm like, I just don't know if I just don't click with it or if they're all kind of crap or what it is. But yeah, it just didn't translate for me. Mm. I I really I feel like enjoyed the first like hour or like you know yeah first two acts of this film. I feel like I really was along for the ride. And I was like, oh, this is good. Like, and I felt like it was more like her trying to get her stuff in, you know, without people them like without them noticing or trying to get in like in that world sort of thing. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then it just, yeah. Completely changes into a love story and it's not yeah. that great, but yeah. 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 No, it bummed me out a little bit. Like it is, but their romance is nice though. Like it's, um, yeah. You know, a little flirty like with the chips and stuff and Yeah. Yeah, that when that got filmed, I'm like, oh the boyfriend's gonna see that and that's gonna mm. but oh, it didn't need to go that way, but yeah. The chem- yeah, yeah that, there is a chemistry there. I just kinda mm. would have been okay with it being unresolved. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah can't have that. No. Can't ever be Guess unresolved. Not. Yes, we are resolve more- it and then have something fall on him. <laughs> and then it's just such a weird choice. Yeah. I know. I was like, I was like, no way. I was like, this is a because, trick, right? And I was like, I was like, was that him? I was like, was that him under there? I couldn't even yeah. tell. I was like, what's going on? It felt shocking for the sake of being shocking in yes, some ways. Because yes. it's literally like they go, okay, they got there together now, and within six seconds he's dead. It's like, why yeah. though? I literally yeah. just about to pull up. And like, yeah, there was no sort of, I don't know, they never hinted at like these film sets are shoddily built or were all cheaply done. It was like, no, no, this is, this is all pretty fine. Then randomly it's like, yeah, and everyone just moves on with it. They're like, okay, well, he's dead. Let's let's take him out. I don't know. It's, it's just weird. Just weird. Yeah. I like the um the scene where they're all in the bar. The scene, the scene that I really remember is they're all in the pub afterwards and that's when she leaves to go back. And then she comes back, I think. Yeah, and like they're all they're all singing songs, and Bill Nye gets up there and sings songs. Like that's a really nice moment. They're all kind of, yeah, I know they're all like friends. And, yeah, camaraderie. And like the the two girls who are playing the twins have kind of like got partners there. And it's like okay, they're all kind of becoming this weird family and stuff. It's, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like that thing that that small drama of like this is the film studio film set trying to work. That's better than like I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Nye though, holy crap, that guy can do no wrong. He's great. Oh, yeah, I wanted to call him. I wanted to call him Bargain Basement Gary Oldman, but that's not fair to him. <laughs> I do get. I have. I have definitely got them confused in the past. But <laughs> all the British versions of bigger American stars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, he's he's always good. I like. I don't know. There's something about vocal exercises that will always be funny, and he's like, "Copper kettle, copper kettle." I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it was funny and when the Americans it doing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Um. Yeah, it was good. I. Uh, I. I wish. Yeah, the love. This love story wasn't inserted in there needlessly. Mm. Like, the way it went. Obviously, it's good to be there, and like the chemistry and all that. But yeah, I just. I felt like yeah. it was. It was a bit too. I don't know if it's a goody goody, but like 
but it felt forced. It just was like, yeah, mm. and now we have this, and mm. that's that. But yeah, I don't know. It just felt like it kind of undermined the whole half the message that they were going for. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no, I hundred percent agree. Um, what it? So one thing that stood out to me was that there is a character that is very overtly homosexual in this in this movie, which yeah, interestingly, yeah. like if, yes, yeah, the um the redheaded yes, I was about like, to who ask they who they thought was like a, you know a spy or whatever, which yeah. like I don't know, notoriously or famously, however you want to put it, like um. The imitation game. What's what's the guy's name? I should know this. He's like the Benedict father of computer science. Yeah, but um, he Benedict, Benedict I mean, he, Cumberbatch. Not Benedict Cumberbatch, but the guy he's playing. Um, yeah, I'll, you know, yeah, was chemically castrated for being homosexual and then committed suicide not long after. Um, yeah. It's just I don't know. It did, it did seem odd to have someone so overtly homosexual in this setting. Alan Turing is his name. Alan Turing. That's of course yeah. the Turing test. I had the, I had the same thought like. Mm. On one hand, I really I like the fact that it's never meant. It's never like explicitly like oh, someone's yeah, like whispering she, like, "Did you know she's gay?" It's just yeah. like she like that she's kind of like it's just a known fact amongst the community. It's just yeah. like they're, they're like, "Oh yeah, cool." And like, there's even a couple of jokes. Someone's like, "If you were 20 years younger and differently inclined, yeah, we might get together." It's like I guess everyone knows it and is cool with it. And yeah, I had the same question. I'm like, oh, "What is it? Just the art scene was like very." embracing or okay with back then or what i don't know well no i think it, i well to me it's like going back to this is them telling the story in 2023 and inserting some of our modern sensibilities into it yeah um, and that, which is yeah. like that's that to me is why this movie stands out as not as historically accurate as the other two potentially but yeah i don't know it was interesting like i, I don't i'm not like offended by it or anything like that but or like i don't think it ruins the movie i just it was odd because it's it's something that stands out at that period of time as being, you know, something you wouldn't be overt about, I guess. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. I had the same thought. I was like, it's, it felt a bit, I, it felt weird, but I'm glad they didn't, they handled it well. They weren't, they didn't make a big yeah. thing about it. They, they didn't draw it to it to be like, you know, look at this, we're fighting for this or something. It was just like, yeah, this is, hmm. this is life. But that's a good, yeah, that's a good question. I wonder how. See, Look, what did you th- what did you think? Well, I I now feel a bit stupid because I thought it was very subtle. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, here, I I didn't I didn't I didn't pick up on the fact that everyone knew that or everyone thought that. I, I had a thing where I was just like I was like oh I was like I was like, I was like it's obvious she likes her, you know. Mm. So I, mm. but I didn't know that it was like an overtly thing that that and I there was that comment and you now you mentioned it makes me think of that but. I didn't know it was a thing that everyone knew and I thought it was just something that back then they were all oblivious that that Maybe. could be a thing and she was just like, I'm trying to crack onto you but you're like pointing after this guy sort of thing. That's what I looked yeah. at it as. But yeah. like, it is subtle. It's not like there's no long scenes of her like like checking out or like references. But like, She's not waving a pride flag or anything like that. No, but like they, they mentioned it in passing. There's little quips and jokes. It's like, oh, okay, this is, this is yeah, like she's gay and every, these people do sort of know it enough that they're just like, no one's off put by no one's surprised. Like, yep, this kind of. Yeah. But it's it's intentionally left. Like, it's intentionally not made a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just an observation. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to say about these three films? The rankings are pretty obviously. I think. Yeah. This Dunkirk. is the worst. Yeah. Dunkirk, Dunkirk Darkest Hour. Yeah. They're finest. They're finest. Yeah. yeah. 
Duncan like I did, yeah. Earns that ninety four or ninety five percent on Metacritic or whatever it is. Just yeah, it does. That's a did, big score. Yeah. Yes, people turn out for Nolan when he's not wanking into a size book. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should watch into a black hole and yeah. see if it it holds up better. Tenant Memento one. and what else have we not watched of his that we can turn into a trilogy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for the good, the bad, and the worst. Next fortnight, uh, unless we can organise Equalizer, which maybe we will, um, okay. it's it's going to be another made-up trilogy, kind of. I look. I feel like I can justify this one because Tarantino himself called this his revisionist history. Vengeance trilogy or something like that. I'd have to. I'll look up the exact terminology for the next podcast. But it's Django Unchained, Inglorious Bastards, and Once Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's the title, isn't it? Yeah. I I like Tarantino's movies. We haven't done any of them on this podcast. Well, we. I mean, we had Bargain Basement Tarantino last week, right? Um, (laughs) Get out, you prince! And I I haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet, so. When I was looking at like unique trilogies or out like not official trilogies, I almost did this one this the past fortnight. So yeah, um, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to see how far we can take this not real trilogies trilogies thing. But see, let's push it. I've yeah, always gonna, wanted yeah. to rewatch Django and never have. Like it's just been a movie I've always been like, oh, I should watch Django again. What should watch Django again? I just haven't done it. So. I've, I've rewatched that movie so many times. Me too. Right. It used to be like the movie we put on when we didn't know what to watch. So yeah, yeah. Um, fun fun fact that I've just realised in my head: I've never rewatched a Tarantino film ever. Oof. I only ever watched really? it once. I think yes. they're almost better on the second viewing too. Yeah, yeah. Have you? You've yeah. never seen Pulp Fiction more than once? No, I only saw it for the first time a couple of years ago. Pulp Fiction yeah, again, a since. movie you just put on when you're going yeah, to yeah. watch. Like yeah, it just flies in all environments, all yeah. times. So, yeah. Wow. All right. Well, join us next fortnight for that trilogy. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Rate us on Spotify. Tell your mum about us. Thanks for yes, joining please. us. And we'll catch you next week. I'm tired. Peace.